the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let's call if you care to participate in the show. 312-642-5600. That's right. I'm back, baby. The closer. Let's call me the closer. Right? I get the Thursdays and Fridays. I'll take it. I'll take whatever I can get. Because to me, this is extremely important. I love talk radio. You know why I love it? Because to me, it is supposed to be a conversation, a think tank for the ordinary man. That's what I believe it to be. I don't do party hats. I don't do party favors. We don't do rah-rah. But I do let you know when I think something is bad. And you know, for those of you not listening to me, I mean, who are listening to me and have heard me before, I reject a lot of government propaganda, especially when it is attached to the economy. And we've got that later on. We're going to get to that. But there are some magnificent good things and some benefits to having Donald Trump in. And I'm thinking of this uh, before the show starts because I'm reading in the articles, if, I, if you click on to Drudge, apparently Elizabeth Warren has got a 14-point lead on Fox's poll, that liberal Fox. And i got to tell you, the, the, the idea that uh, Focahontas could be running things is so ridiculous to me. The only thing that would be worse is Sanders and Biden, I guess. I mean, look at these, this pool that we have to choose from, right? So, of course, it is important, if you are not a socialist, to talk about the benefits of Donald Trump, and there are plenty. And my favorite benefit of Donald Trump is, I think, something that's been where the American people have been steered and controlled for decades, and that is the military force of the government. Military spending, military use, all of the bureaucracies that are involved in that profit from conflict. And I think it's extremely beneficial for America today to have Donald Trump in the office at this particular moment. And I say that because I want to go through a little timeline, build a little case for you, and tell you what my thoughts are on this. See if you agree or, or disagree. 312-642-5600. So it was about 14 days ago, 16 to 14 days ago, Trump says, you know what, we got to get out of Afghanistan. He makes no bones about it. He gives the impromptu um, um, interviews on the lawn, and he says, we've been there 19 years. And I love that about him. I was filling in that, at, that day, and I said, this is fantastic. Then all of a sudden, four days later, five days later, he fires that fraud, de tutte frauds, John Bolton, the warmonger, who was such a warmonger that he, he refused to go to Vietnam, found himself and wrote in his own diary, I'm too important to go die in a rice paddy. And this is the guy you put in charge, and this is the guy that's always ready to send your kid and your neighbor's kid and your sister's kid and everybody else's kid to war, right? So he fires him, and I say, bravo, Big Donnie, bravo, great, good for you. Don't worry, he'll go back to some defense contractor, some liaison scam artist, find his way on K Street, making half a million a year on the QT. It'll all work out fine for John and his stupid mustache, right? We all know that. And that's where they go, the revolving door of the war complex, the war machine. And we know this, first time in American history, one guy has a trillion-dollar contract with the government. 
$1 trillion. I think they called it Blackwater. Now they had to change the name, you know, due to anybody catching on to the scam. So they got to keep this system going. But Donnie don't like this system, see? He didn't like it for the 18 years we've been in it. And I love that about him. So he has to fire Bolton. You know why he had to fire him? What do you think it was? Think they were arguing over French fries? I don't think so. They're arguing because they want him to go into Iran. They wanted him to go into Iran prior to the oil strike. They've wanted him to go in numerous conflicts, right? But Big Donnie isn't interested in that. Although, listen, I'm also troubled because it was, what, eight, nine months ago he was touting how we're selling weapons to Saudi. Well, that's, see, in America we're too stupid. We don't, we don't get the information or we don't care. Right? We don't understand that for five and a half years Saudi has been in a war with Yemen where they're slaughtering the people. The numbers are staggering. And the, the weapons that are being dropped on their head, those have made in the USA on them. So you could understand why they were probably a little PO'd with our system as things, if, if you really pan back and just look at things rather than listen to the rah-rah nonsense. So I find this exciting that we now have for the first time, rather than a moron in cowboy boots who was looking to go to Iraq, come hell or high water and looking for an excuse to do it, and he did it. So we've got uh, Donnie in there. He's refusing to a certain extent. He's not going along with the party politics of war and welfare, known as our economy lately. War and welfare system, right? He's causing some problems, so he fires John Bolton. Then the oil bombing happens. Well, let's think about the oil bombing. We've been sharing our defenses with Saudi Arabia for what, 40 years? We've got the air defense systems. We know all about it. They made fun of it at the time, the Star Wars. They're monitoring everything, but somehow it slips through. And okay, it slips through and it blows up, and nobody gets killed. Blows up 50% of their oil production, 5% of, of, of the world's oil production. And immediately, the Yemen warriors take credit for it. They say, we finally got them in their homeland. They take credit. And almost instantaneously, the information out of Washington... The information on all media, conservative and really liberal, was that it was Iran, 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 Iran. Because they're itching for that war. Now, Trump has put on sanctions. Trump has crippled them economically. All of which, whether you agree or disagree with, can be viewed as acts of aggression. Right? When a country stops you from selling your product, when a country stops you from from, uh, exchanging commerce with other countries, what would you feel like? I like to look at things a little bit differently. I like to look at things from, the, from all sides and then figure out who's telling the truth and who's lying and who benefits in a war with Iran. Who? The American citizen? How about the kids that they send? You know, the ones that aren't related to senators and congressmen. No, and nobody benefits in war. And this is the true blessing of Trump. Because he's been, they've been trying to pull him into war since the day he was sworn in. Because you know what they know? They know that he has an unbelievable amount of followers. That all he has to say is this, and they believe it. And that's why he's the biggest threat to the GOP, believe it or not. And that's why they're not too concerned with this. As I sit back and I look at this, you think, where's all the outrage that he's down 14 points? Where's all, the, where's all the clamor? Where's all the assistance? Where's all the supporters? Because you know what you have going on at the exact same time? A record amount of Republican congressmen that are not running. What do you mean you're not running? How many guys have retired in the last six weeks, the last four in particular? There are no coincidences. It's not a coincidence to me. I think it's a, it's a bigger picture. Because I can't help but notice we've, we've been in this war for 19 years. And who talks about it anymore? It was right after Obama was elected. Everyone stopped talking about the war. 
Up until then, we were getting the reports every day. Now it's on ABC News during uh, uh, Muir from, uh, from 5.59 and a half to 6 o'clock. And they tell you how many guys are getting killed in Afghanistan, in Iraq. We've still got wars going on there. You know, you, you know we do, right? See, but what they were able to do when they shifted everything off to the, the mercenaries with the trillion-dollar contract, who happens to be Betsy, Betsy the boss's brother? What they happened to do then, they could hide those statistics because they don't have to tell us how many people are getting killed. And those are ex-military guys who probably came back, couldn't get a job or for other purposes, or were lured into it. So there's a lot of shenanigans going on here. And I find it hard to believe, moments, moments after the bombing, the tout for Iran, 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 Iran. Because And now you're going to tell me you're going to come up with evidence. And I love how they find the evidence. Reminds me after September 11th how they found the bomber's passport on the sidewalk. Oh, here it is. I got it. And now you bring out a bomb that looks like it was cracked in half. I thought that blew up oil. Didn't the bomb blow up oil? But here it is. Looks all real nice and pretty. Like it was split down the middle with a baker's knife. I don't like phony information. Maybe it's because when I was a kid, I remember hearing how, how Hitler really seized power. was He burned the Reichstag and blamed the communists. This isn't the first merry-go-round. We've been following this pattern for decades. Lured into wars with unintended consequences so that the few profit. I'm sorry, that's how I see it. I know it's not popular, but what I do see is a blessing in disguise, and that blessing is Donald Trump. Do I want war? I don't want war with anybody. I'm somebody that would like not to have war. We have the strongest military in the world, but uh, no, I don't want war with anybody, but we're prepared more than anybody. This is the blessing of this guy. I'm going to tell you right now. Listen, Trumponomics stinks, terrible fraud. Also, surround himself with Democrats, Peter Navarro and Liza Minnelli, Steve Mnuchin. Don't like it at all. But I will praise him when he's right. And I love it that he's right. Because no, no one else would have held fast like this. We'd already be invading. And like he says, it won't take long. Well, it's looking that way. We'll have some pretty good... Uh... Uh, we're having some very strong studies done, but it's certainly looking that way at this moment, and uh, we'll let you know. Won't take long. If he wanted to go to war, it would take just all he's got to do is nod his head. So the only thing stopping us from an all-out war with Iran, and by the way, I love how for some reason when we start talking about these conflicts around the world, we think that they all think the same, that all the Iran people think exactly the same. What about the, Iran, the, 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 the spring? Remember when Obama f- refused to support the citizens that were trying to overthrow their government? So in Iran, what is the percentage of people that disagree with the theocracy, the totalitarian theocracy that they call a government? What happens when you go to war with Iran? Do any of those people get caught up in it? Collateral damage? It's very important to, sh- to go through the information and pause and think. So for all the knee-jerk reactions that they're accusing Donald Trump of, this to me is the most thought out, the, best, the most beneficial to the American people since he was sworn in. This to me is why I am glad he's in the office. And this to me is why you have to support him coming up in the election. Now that doesn't mean you've got to buy into the other nonsense, and we're going to get to that. I have Jay Ho, also known as Jonathan Honig, coming on at 530. You know, I, we're friends. I could, I could nickname him. I nickname him. Jay Ho. He's going to come on at 5.30, and I hope he's not going to be too mad about the new nickname. But from now, we'll be back after this. If you care to grab a line, 312-642-5600. Reactions and opinions. AM560, The Answer. You know, I don't like polls. You know why? You ever see these pollsters? 
Frank Lutz, the putz. You ever see him? Plastic on his head. Not only is it a toupee, it's Rita Hayworth red. Oh, it looks perfect. You think he leaves the house and says, how do I look, honey? You look like a moron. If you're taping plastic to your scalp, you, odds are you look stupid. All right, let's go to the phone lines. 312-642-5600. I like this call. Ken, thanks for calling the show. How are you, buddy? I'm good, and I really appreciate what you were just talking about because I am I agree with you 100%. Um, so two quick things. One, I'd like you to check out IQT.org, which is an organization that uses taxpayer money and private funds, and they invest in spying technology, and they have one client that's the CIA. And I'd ask you the question, when they invest in companies before they go public and then the companies go public, shouldn't the profits go to the taxpayers? That's number one. Oh. And number two, I called in to say that I don't think we know who the Democratic candidate is yet because I don't think any of those can win, and the Democrats know it. So I think there's going to be a late runner coming in. I know who it is. on your part? I know exactly who it is. Michelle Obama. Michelle? Absolutely. Yeah. I said it months ago. And Oprah? No, just Michelle. I said it months ago. First of all, I never saw a woman who had absolutely no qualifications as far as I'm concerned. What, she had two jobs. They were both because they were ghost jobs, and they were organized through her, gov- her, her, her husband's political connection. And she's an expert right now going on tour selling tickets in the same fashion Bill Clinton did when his wife was the uh, Secretary of State. Merely a coincidence. You know, now they're not paying Bill Clinton a lot to talk. But back then, they were giving him $500,000 a speech. So Michelle is on the, she's on the horizon. Listen, they're not going to sit idly by as Joe's eyes bleeding and his diaper fills up. They're not going to let Elizabeth Warren, who they now, you know, they have documents she filled out on, on job applications and on information, American Indian, as recent as the 80s and 90s. This woman is a walking scandal. How about how she, she used her connections to flip homes that were foreclosure in the banking crisis? I mean, it's, she's a walking joke. So they're not going to sit idly by and lose when you could pa- call her off the bench and she could, you know, storm, man. Are you kidding me? She's going to run. So are they going to be proactive to, uh, to knock her down before she comes in, or are they going to wait and then potentially lose? She's untouchable, baby. She's the, she's the original Chicago untouchable. How are you going to knock her down? Where are you going to go after her for they already tried their best. I mean, what are you going to do? There's only the people in Chicago. Well, their and look, library she is... was over one billion dollars for the library. I think that's a fraud in itself, right there, buddy. That system, right there. She's the one who comes in and storms in. But my my overarching point is, it doesn't look good for us as Trump gets older. As you see, the GOP doesn't have a basis or a plan or any principles anymore that they're standing on. You believe Kevin McCarthy last week says he's gonna he's gonna they're gonna run on. Uh, on, on curbing the debt and spending. What, are you guys kidding me now? I mean, it's, so, it's such an, a bald-faced lie. It, they have no credibility. None at all. And, and, I and, agree. And, you know, to that point, I think that the, the, the field is right for uh, uh, someone to come in late. Can you imagine if this girl, around after Thanksgiving, all of a sudden comes in and says, you know, there's no energy, there's nobody of any importance, and Michelle says, I think I'm going to run. It's game over. Camilla Harris who? You never hear from her again. Pete Buttigieg? She would dominate the field. And ironically, if you so, look at... So are you saying Americans are that stupid? Yes. Are you in rush hour right now? Look around. Take a look at the guy in the Prius. Two cars over. Can't, doesn't oh, know he can make a right. The yeah. end of the country is Come deplorable. On. Listen, you know what I always remember, Ken? During the revolutionary times, you know how many people really fought for this country, for the concept of it? Really fought. The ones that were involved. The ones that actually went to war. One third. We're always dragging around two thirds of dummies. It's just the way it goes. You're dragging around well, two-thirds of them. 
Yeah. If you're right and if she wins, there's a civil war or revolutionary war because I'm not going to be a citizen under her. Well, listen, I, a lot of guys felt the same way about Trump, right? How many of these people said the same thing about Trump? If he wins, yeah, I'm well, Alec Baldwin, I just, like. saw, I just saw have a roast for Alec Baldwin. He told me he was leaving. They all said they were leaving. Where are we going to go, brother? As bad as it is, where are you going to go? Uruguay? Come on. There's nothing out there, pal. We're the last stand, but that's why you got to fight, Ken. That's why you got to fight. That's why you got to go through the, the, the propaganda. It's all very important. That's why I think this is important because to me, talk radio, this is where we talk. This is where we can talk about anything. Now, it can be misused to a propaganda weapon, too. I don't agree with that. So, well, don't you think CNN is a propaganda weapon? Of course I do. Of course I do. Do I think they started out like that, though? Do you remember when Ted Turner did it? You remember how controversial it was when it launched? Now, listen, any, everything can be misused. The intent right. and, how, and the integrity I mean, it stays with is different. So, yes. Wasn't J. Edgar Hoover dancing around in high heels and a skirt? Hey, that's, a, that's the honorable J. Edgar Hoover. Just listen. Just read the paperwork that my kids and your grandkids will read. By the time we're yeah, gone, right. that, that, that knowledge will be lost, Ken. Listen, thanks for calling the show. I appreciate it very much. But really, you know, it, it's, it always freaked me out, though, about her, Hoover with the dressing like the mom. That's weird. Although, no, it's not. And they're protected rights now. And comedians can't talk about them. I don't even know if radio hosts can. But I don't want to get in trouble. You know, I'm lobbying for the position on the Slap and Tickle Drive Time Chicago. So back to, <laughs> back to the benefits of Trump and the other benefits of Trump. And we're going to talk about this later on. The other benefits of Trump is what he's done for the, uh, the non-baby slayers. For, I, I, they're called pro-life. I don't like, what do you mean pro-life? <laughs> I hide behind these words. You know, the ones that don't think it's okay to kill a kid. Those people. The other ones who do, I don't know how they become experts on anything. Let's start with the premise of, wait a minute, if you're pregnant with a baby, it's okay to kill it, and now you're going to tell me about economics? Uh, I don't really care. You're too, at that point, your opinion isn't really steeped in anything other than what you want it to be. But what is today? As we are so pulled and unmoored from fundamentals, from principles, from beliefs. I got a daughter in college, right? Sends me a, a text. Hey, I got to do homework. What's the homework assignment? Well, they want us to do homework on a law we want to change. I mean, a law you don't want to change. Law is to be used as a shield, not a spear. So start with every law that was, it was under the architecture of being used as a spear. I, I can't get my hands off the mic. I got a system here, kid. Let's start with every law, because law is supposed to be our shield. But look at what's happened in our lifetime. If you're between 70, forget it, you could go, if you're, one with Social Security. Go from Social Security to everything to now. Law in America is not a shield anymore. It is a weapon. So, you know, you tell your kid when they call you with that assignment, pick a law. They're all used as weapons against the people. You know which laws you want to change? Everyone that is used as a weapon. And this is where we're at in society. And this is the broader point of how did you get here? We got here because we started to believe the propaganda. In each and every case, we were sold fraud and lies and propaganda. Why? Because it's, it, it's easy to believe. A bombing happens in, in, in uh, Saudi Arabia. Information from your authority, from government, comes out and says, it was Iran. Okay, I'm in. 85% of the country, Iran, go get them. Well, they didn't bomb us. We had nothing to do with the Saudis. All we do is sell them weapons. What does Saudi do with the weapons? Well, they use them in Yemen. Who said that they bombed them? The Yemen. Oh, must be Iran then. I mean, I, it's insane to me. 
It's like watching a Scooby-Doo. I'm looking for Shaggy and the dog. You know, he's 50. Scooby-Doo's 50. Man, we're all getting old. Listen, if you're on the line, stay in line. We'll get back to you after this. Uh, 312-642-5600. And we have Jonathan Honig. So see what we did with the show. We're going to do the good, good Trump. The bad, there are signs of a major economic collapse. The repo market is something you need to watch. Three days in a row, they're dumping over $200 billion bank-to-bank lending because there's no money out there the way they told you there was. More propaganda. So during my show, we, sh- we go through the propaganda. We shred it. We're propaganda shredders. And we have a good time doing it. Because every once in a while, I'll mention like Jan Schakowsky. You can't think of that face without laughing. Unless, of course, you got to come home to her. All right, we'll be back after this. You're always just minutes away from the latest up-to-date traffic info. It can only be AM560, The Answer. Man's world. This is now. You could never make this song today. Uh uh-uh. uh. Transgender world. I, nothing else goes with it. You can't even say woman's world, right, Kate? Huh. I don't know. Thank God I'm old. <sighs> gonna get out just in time, right before everything goes out. In the meantime, we're gonna fight the propaganda. We're gonna shred it. That's why I love specific people. My goal is to only have people on who are experts have the fundamental principles and understanding of freedom, liberty, and capitalism. And that's why my, I, I always love bringing on Jonathan. I do. Jonathan Honig, to the rest of you, to me, he's J-Ho. Are you there, buddy? Hey, Sean. Good afternoon. Great to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, this repo market, I love how they hide behind it. I got to tell you something, Jonathan. I love how they hide about it because 99.9% of America is too afraid to ask, uh, what's that? And I think it's important that people understand this is where the damn cracks first and hardest is in this repo market. You remember in 2008, it was uh, private banks. Well, I don't know if you call them private, but Mellon and uh, Morgan, right? Wasn't, weren't they the ones that were primarily the, the end uh, middleman in the, in the repo market before the well, Fed took position? That, that was really, you're right, Sean. That's, that's where the cracks really started to look. I mean, no, no one knows what the economy is going to do. And even now, as the economy is by all measures, quite strong. Unemployment is not far from its historic low. You know, the market is not far from its all-time high. But there's some cracks, there's some worrisome signs starting to appear. And, and, and a big one, which you alluded to, is one something that we've seen the entire week long. And this has been this jump. And basically, the cost for banks and big brokerage institutions to borrow money on a very short-term basis, that funding cost was usually 2% or less. At one point this week, jumped to 10%. That's what caused... The Federal Reserve to, to, to step in now, it'll be the fourth day running and provide overnight, essentially emergency funds, $75 billion at a clip to the market to try to bring those down, rates down a little bit. Now, everyone from Jamie Dimon to the Federal Reserve itself has assured people that they're not expecting <laughs> another repeat of the 2008 financial crisis. But, Sean, the numbers certainly don't lie, and the fact that we have started to see some spikes in the system I think should give someone pause about just how strong this economy really is. Well, nobody ever expects to get broadsided. That's the funny thing about markets. You never really <laughs> expect. You just keep going through the intersection, and all of a sudden, here comes some drunk, and they broadside you, and that's what happens. And, and, and if you look at the policies of what has been happening, it's like a bunch of drunks put them together. And I don't think people understand that the repo market, what brought it down were the cracks, but it was because they were using the, the mortgage-backed securities as collateral. Repo market is when banks are are lending overnight. It, they're actually buying back their loans with a short term loan that they're they, because they're short on cash. 
Because what you've done is when you, you know, the problem is that I don't think people get it. They've nationalized banks so much that they're really pretty much just real fancy loan officers with buildings. But that's all they are. And what I'm worried about, Jonathan, and what no one is talking about, is what is the collateralized debt? What has it become over the last eight years? And when you look at it, it's unsecured corporate debt. You know, these, the, the, the vast majority of debt that's been given over the last eight years is pretty much shaky debt to me. It's either yeah. secured yeah. with losing assets. So the collateralization of the loan, if the asset is losing money anyway, then it's no good. And you're borrowing it, and when the Fed steps in, instead of private lenders, you know who's doing that is the poor guy on his way to his second job. That's who's actually underwriting it. And it bothers the hell out of me, Jonathan. Yeah, it's it's so true, Sean. And we didn't learn our lesson from the 2008 financial crisis uh, in terms of just what a role the Federal Reserve in particular played in creating and fomenting that crisis and all the the machinations, the interventions, the financial monkey business that goes on beyond the, behind the scene that not only historically has devalued the, the, the purchasing power of our dollar, but Sean leads to tremendous amounts of malinvestment, money going into enterprises which it otherwise wouldn't be made available to specifically because of that Federal Reserve. And, you know, during the Democrats, during the Obama years, Sean, you know, Republicans used to you know, reliably and I think appropriately talk about how low interest rates of the Fed were manipulating the economy, were creating funding money in effect. Well, now that the Republicans also want negative or low interest rates, they want the same sort of manipulation. And one thing is sure is that it's without question leading up to some type of a crash, some type of a calamity prompted by that Federal Reserve policymaking, and it will be blamed not on the Fed, not on the government, but on the everyday businessman just trying to make make a buck and and uh, move his family. Well, forward. it's always our fault. It's always capitalist fault, capitalism fault, the fault of capitalism in each and every case. Even though in this country we haven't been practicing capitalism for ninety years, it always seems to be that it's capitalism that fails. And what I'm amazed at is the public's gullibility to buy it each and every time. And instead of moving towards the right direction. Con- we are constantly moving in the opposite, the wrong direction, in each and every case. I find it to be yeah, extremely trouble. In fact, in, you know, in fact, in, in, in financial markets in particular, I mean, you know, after the crash in 2001 in Enron and Adelphia, we had uh, Sarbanes-Oxley, and after 2008, there was more regulation. So, you know, every time there is any type of a, a any financial movement, the result is more regulation, and it's resulted, as you said, is a a largely uh, uh, hindered financial enterprise in this country now. I mean, banks are making money, but as you said, they've become essentially a de facto arm of the government. Freddie and Fannie are still government-sponsored under government conservatorship 10 years after that financial crisis, and we're moving in exactly the opposite direction. You know, so much has been said about how difficult it is for the average American to earn and save and keep money right now. I think a lot of that has to do with ta- tax policy, and a lot of that also has to do with the Federal Reserve. You know, even, Sean, nowadays, if you've worked your whole life, you've earned money, you've been able to save you know, 100000 500000 maybe even a million dollars, thanks to that Federal Reserve, you can't even make jack squat on your, your savings in a bank or in a, any type of a savings vehicle. This is that type of intervention that really destroys lives, and some of that 
I think what we're seeing in the repo market this week could be some canaries in the coal mine that some tougher times are ahead. Well, that's why I wanted John, because I think it is. And here's my concern. And this is now now we're going to just ask Jonathan's opinion on things as I ask the question. All right, <laughs> let's do that for a minute. We're going to call it. It'll be the Jeopardy uh, section for capitalists. All right. So as you see today, Elizabeth Warren vault to the top of the polls. She's leading Trump by 14 points if the election were held today. This is a Fox News poll. This is not MSNBC or CNN. Okay, The idea that this woman who helped orchestrate and helped write Dodd-Frank and was integral and has already has, has a history of misusing um, her connections with banking for foreclosure, personal flips, and things of this nature. As you see these people who now openly attack in Cory Booker, who says, yes, we're going to tax savings, and yes, we're going to tax you more and increase your taxes. In fact, I don't think there's a Democrat running that is not running on a tax increase. As bad as it is under the, which I, I'm starting to think is not so much Trump anymore, but just the system itself. As bad as Trumponomics has become, when you look at the possibility of getting one of these fraudulent socialists in, how, where, it, you said you can't tell what markets are going to do. Can markets maintain any sort of stability or viability under one of these Soviets? <laughs> well, I mean, Sean, some of the policies are, 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 are truly downright frightening. And something like, for example, the institute, uh, institution of a wealth tax I mean, you think about there was a time in which uh, Americans uh, rallied against the income tax, uh, you know, generations and generations ago. That was seen as a major affront to American liberty. It was going to only be a temporary uh, enact. And, you know, imagine if, my gosh, if uh, something like a wealth tax, and of course they'd start by saying, oh, only the billionaires and, 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 and multi-multi-millionaires would pay. But, you know, of course that trickled down very well. These are really dangerous, systematic, long-term negatives for the economy. And, and, yeah. and keep in mind, Sean, what has kept the economy going has not been the tariffs, it has not been the government programs or the handouts or the redistribution of wealth. It's every area of the economy that's been free. It's um, awesome. yeah. Technology is probably the best example, and we're moving in the opposite direction to our own peril. Jonathan, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. I got the kid in the other room. His head's on fire. I was supposed to go to break, and we got to practice that capitalism now. We got to pay the bills. So thank you Have so much, week. Jonathan. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. 312 642 5600. We'll be back. News, opinion, insight. It's AM 560. The answer. I know I went long, but there's a good reason. By the way, if you care to participate, 312-642-5600. This is what is most important in our lives, is the way in which our economy, our money, our earnings, because it's our property. The way in which it's treated, but moreover, the way in which the macroeconomic system of America is manipulated. Because if it is set in a structure that is against the working man, then then the game's over. And I cannot help but notice... When you look at each and every one of these nuanced uh, uh, so-called economic geniuses, whether it's Ocasio-Cortez, I can't stand when women hum when they talk. Do not take a caller if she hums when she talks. I can't stand it, especially when they're congressmen who have the power to change our economy. I really find it annoying, Okay, when you t- whether it's her or Cory Booker or Elizabeth Warren. The system is already set up against the earner. And the reason it is, there's no, there's no mistaking that the uh, uh, progressive tax was the number two plank in the, car, uh, in the Communist Manifesto for a reason. 
because that is the tool that is used to strip you of your earnings, to keep you in bondage of government, protecting you from wealth, stripping you of achievement. You couple that with all of the things that go on when you need to borrow money, when you're saving money, when you're transacting money, you start to realize you're really not in control of anything. You're a victim of their circumstance, of their whim. So to me, this has been important, and we've been losing this argument, although we have been sending so-called representatives to change things, not radically the way they have been changed, but back to the covenant between government and citizen in America, where my property is to be respected. Law has become the spear instead of the shield. And you've now taken advantage of that 2008 collapse to use law as a weapon to forever change and bastardize everything. From savings to borrowing to the way in which they're funded and the debt that's used as collateral. And the reason they can do it is because you now have precedent that we the people, the working people, the poor people, the average person, underwrites the banker, underwrites the investment transaction hub, whatever they want to call themselves. When the markets lose money, when the loans go bad, they're not losing. You think Jamie Dimon's writing a check? He's not writing a check. You think there is anybody at Goldman Sachs says, hmm, uh, that's going to be expensive for us. They're laughing at you on the way in. They've now got it to where we're underwriting them forever and eternity in a day. And now we're being led around and, and propagandized to where we're not even getting the signs we can recognize, getting the proper information so that our meager savings or we can prepare individually. And that's why to look at these as signals so that you can prepare is the most important thing. The only real minority in America is the individual. The groups have a way of taking your stuff away. And that's what we're going to go through uh, later in the show when we get back. But I do want to take some of your calls, especially the ones that have been holding on the longest. Let's go to Ryan. Ryan, thanks for calling the show. How are you, buddy? Very good. Sean, I appreciate the call. Uh, so I, my name is Ryan. I'm running actually for Alderman in Milwaukee. And I just want to say that uh, I think the Republican Party is not focusing on attacking the cities as they should be. And I was wondering if you could maybe help me understand what happened to the Republican Party in Chicago to kind of <laughs> give me some context on well, approaching the – because the, the, the conservatives cannot retreat and concede the city. It, it doesn't make any more you, sense. Do you know something, Ryan? They don't even – there's no such thing as a Republican Party in Chicago. There's barely one in Illinois. And the one that exists in Illinois has been corrupted by its own means. So now what you have in Illinois, you have Republican politicians who own video gaming casinos, who own pot dispensaries, who use their their power, whether they have these phony baloney law firms to negotiate property taxes that you shouldn't be strapped with in the first place. So what happened to the Republican Party is they figured rather than fight the the corruption and, and, and the malfeasance, they just wanted a piece of the pie. So what happens is they became one of the five families, right? And they just started to just carve us up. Because the reality is, look here in Illinois, we sent a Republican. By the way, I spotted him when he was running seven-foot-of-stupid Bruce Rounier. Okay? But they sent him in, and look what he did. A calamity. He literally set the table up for the Republicans in Illinois to be controlled and contorted and use his failure. The Democrats are using his failure to now constantly unburden us with more penalties, more taxes, more fees. 
And they're saying, look at what he did. Obviously, he was bad. He went the wrong way. Because the reality is, he didn't put a fight up on principles. In fact, what he really did is make things worse because he stood for nothing. Like all the Republicans. Can I say one thing? Sure. And I hope they're listening. The young Republicans of Chicago, the party that's with the university, I've called you three times. All right. Hurry up. we got a commercial going. Spit it out. Come on. Oh, They need to see what we've done in Detroit and St. Louis. We've reached out three times. We're, we want to help you promote candidates. All right. And it's, it's about unity. But, I agree, uh, Ryan. I really well, listen, you can call. reach me at Naples Beach, Florida, because when the calamity hits, I'll be putting on lotion. We'll be back after this. 312-642-5600. Thanks so much. Read it tomorrow. See it tonight. Or hear it now. AM 560. The answer. Now you're cooking, kid. After 1999, I should have just stopped all music. Except I got I got to confess to you. Although I think it's that song with or that uh, that movie with um, the hell's her name, Lady Gaga. You know what they what it is? Not Stand by Me. I can't think of the damn movie um, where they fall in love. He's the rock singer. I tell you, I watched that movie like a 14 year old little girl. I love that song. Crying at the end. It's embarrassing. Um, all right, so I promised I'd get to the phone lines. I will get to the phone lines, but then we're going to talk about the ugly. Mike, thanks so much for calling the show. I'm sorry you held for so long, buddy. Hey, how are you? Wonderful. How are you? Good. A Star I, I is Born, Mike. Think... That's the name. A Star is Born. I couldn't remember the name of the movie. Go ahead. I think the, uh, I think the government should open up a savings account for the younger generation and take half the taxes they got coming into them. And put it off to the side and show everybody that the younger generation's got to start saving money. Mike, you remember the last time they opened up an account? Remember it was Social Security? There's no money. There's no account. They made it up. They lied. You do You do know well, that. I, then then I, it became totally, insurance. Remember? You don't want them doing anything. I don't need the government no, doing anything. No, I do understand what you're saying there. But what I'm saying is that, if uh, if they made a law that said that so much money has to go into this account and it can't be touched and they could show it every, uh, once a week or whatever. But anyway, my uncle told me the story, all right, and I'll, I'll tell you this. For the younger generation, it's, just not, it's not how much money you make each week. It's how much money you save. Mike, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang up because i got a bunch of callers. But I, wanna, I want you to listen to this because I'm going to go through my thing. You gave me a nice segue. I didn't even know you were going to do it. Here's the problem with this. When you say the government should, the government ought to set up an account, tell them to save X amount of dollars. You know the beauty of America? I make fun of them, but you have the right to be an absolute moron. You have the freedom to be an absolute spendthrift degenerate. You absolutely do. The problem is we get used to government trying to help each other. And in each and everything that government has done in the name of helping the citizen, you could talk about whether the intentions of the politician were good or bad or indifferent, whatever it is. In each and every case, you have harmed the citizen. The biggest things that are destroying this country are these programs you said would help me. Obamacare, Social Security, education, welfare. These are the things that are bankrupting us. These are the things where crime and corruption and failure thrive. The last thing I would want to do to my kid 
is say the government said you got to save 30% of your money for your future. We got that. It's called Social Security, and you know what it is? It's a tax on the kid, on the employer, and here's the other little thing. They're stealing the money, claiming that they're not. When they passed it, it was going to do all of those things Mike said he needed it to do or wanted it to do. That's how you passed that absolute and total failure. Why else would they create a law of which you can never get out of it? What kind of a free country is it where it says you have to participate, just like Obamacare? The last thing we need in this country are more ideas from government. Because, listen, you could, it's, a, it's a word. It's comprised of people. There are no gods. There are no angels. They're occupations. And if us living here in Chicago know one thing, an occupation doesn't give you integrity. It doesn't give you virtue. We are living in the swamp of its failure. Time in and time out. It's just a matter of time before Chuck Gowdy stumbles onto a new scandal when he tears himself out of Gene and Giorgetti's. All right, let's go to Bill. Thanks for calling the show. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you, Sean? Very good. Thank you. I wanted to call and show how disappointed I am of the average so-called conservative who claims that the news media, either mostly at a national level, is liberal when they don't understand that they're establishment and they want no change to all the money that goes into the federal trough that these Washington, D.C. pigs eat out of. If anyone is a threat to that, they throw a tag on them, they, they pigeonhole them, they call them extreme and uh, all kinds of names, just so their ideas won't even make it to the floor. The, it's pretty, it's and, pretty sad. And you know something, Bill? The only thing that in this country is ever supposed to have restraint on it is government. Yet it's the only thing that doesn't. The, only, the whole point of our country and the whole reason we have these documents is to restrain government. Yet I have these children, children who are running to be president. Whether it's Buttigieg, whether it's Booker, pick another imbecile. Children who have the audacity to tell me, but if only we were to change everything, then it would be great. The fact that this happens to me when I listen, when I listen to political speech, and it's becoming from both parties, it sounds like sedition to me. And, you know, we've been strapped with the atrocity, the cornerstone of tyranny. Obamacare that he shoved down our throat. Remember how they had to buy off the senators to do it? Throwing tens of hundreds of millions of dollars in their districts, the whole nine yards. They buy them off. You passed it under that thing. We've been sending Republicans there for nine years. What the hell have you done? So if you and, and then now when they're yeah when they're going to be out of power, guess what they run on? Fiscal conservatism. It's sickening. It is a joke. Bill, it is a joke. Thanks for calling the show, brother. Here's the thing. We'll laugh about it. You come down to Naples, Florida. If I have any money left, I'll have we'll split a cigar. I'll probably have to saw it in half. But that's what we're going to do. But here's the thing. The good, the bad we covered. Now we're going to cover the ugly. All right? I'm not going to be me. Don't get nervous in there. Everyone's thinking I'm going to point out some Democrat woman. No. It's a Democrat man. Um, Let's go to uh, the little guy who's running as the, I love the fact that Pete Buttigieg is running as some sort of religious hybrid. And he's got all the answers. And as you look at the candidates, all you see is what? They're running on a couple of totalitarian cornerstones. Healthcare, of which 
All we have to do is turn ourselves into the VA, where you know where that guy just died of ant bites. The VA, another prime example of government-run stuff, um, and it'll be great. And then, um, of course, climate change. We'll get to that dimwit later. They paraded some foreign little girl around 16 years old. 16, and you're going to talk before Congress? Oh, you're going to talk, and you're going to just listen to me because I'm from Sweden? Shut up. Do your homework and shut up. Go back to Sweden. But in the meantime, let's listen to Pete Buttigieg on what I think is the greatest evil of mankind. Now, here's the thing. When I talk about abortion, baby slaying, I don't, I, this isn't a religious thing to me. This is about you're killing the only thing in the world you're to protect, which is the innocent baby. I don't know a man, and I mean this, I don't know a man that would sit idly by as his wife killed his kid. I, I, I don't know one. I'm lucky in life I don't know a woman that I'm aware of who could kill her kid. I think it is just, forget all the nonsense. What are you doing? You don't have money in your checkbook, so you kill your kid? You know my favorite adoption story? He's right here on 560 AM. Dan Proft. Dan Proft is adopted. That is, you want to talk about the picture of why, under any circumstance, you should have a kid. Whether you agree with his politics or not. This is a brilliant son of a gun. Look what he's done with his life. Look what he's trying to do with others. You know who else is, is, is somebody who stands for the anti-abortion under any circumstances? Barack Obama. His mother was 17. His father was a married foreigner, 1961, African. She's white, 17 years old, knocked up. She comes home, and thank God she had the kid, whether you agree with Barack or not. Look at what, the, look at, you've taken 65 million kids, and you killed them. And now you're going to tell me how you care about kids, we're going to run the school? Oh, oh, now you think we should do school, huh? But in the same, in the next breath, kill the kid. Why, you evil son of a dog, you. I mean, it's just sickening to me. And I have to walk around and pretend it's normal. Like Frank Lutz's hair. I got to pretend around. Oh, look at you. Yeah, it looks good. To me, that's a disqualifying opinion. I'm sorry. And now I got to listen to this little guy, right, dressed up like some some mannequin from Munchkinland. His little crooked teeth, telling me how he's a warrior and the whole nine yards here. Like everyone, uh, I find that news out of Illinois extremely disturbing, and uh, I think it's important that that be fully investigated. I also hope that it doesn't get caught up in politics at a time when women need access to health care. Need access There's to no health care. They're calling abortion health care. Right. Now what he's talking about, kid, he's talking about the doctor, the creepy son of a pig that he was who had 2,200 fetuses because he was an abortion doctor. What did you think occupied those jobs? Good people? You think normal guys occupy a job where they're slaughtering babies and they go home like it's an average day at the office? How was your day, honey? Good. I had a little tough time with a forearm, but everything worked out fine after that. Yeah, you're perfectly normal. I like every once in a while when the face of evil shows itself for what it is, like those scumbags from Planned Parenthood that were selling the babies. For cash because she wanted a Ferrari. Behold your evil. I don't care whether it comes in a, in a female or a male. It is an evil that should be talked about daily. As the greatest genocide on the planet is done right here. And in Illinois, it's done for free. Thanks to a Republican. Seven foot of stupid Bruce Rauner. That's the ugly of today. We had the good. We had the bad. Behold the ugly. And it's ugly that you have to almost sh- turn your head. It's almost unimaginable. I don't have to hide behind a book or a religion to identify true, 
atrocity. It is a holocaust that is going on, not because of religion, not because of race, but because of somebody's choice that you get to kill a kid. Outrageous. 312-642-5600. You want more than when and what? The stories behind the stories on AM560. The answer. Third rail of radio, kid. And I jump on it with both feet. Despicable and disgusting. Truly is. All right, let's go to the phone lines because I do love the calls. Let's go to Bill. Thanks for calling the show. How are you, buddy? Hey, Sean, I just love your passion. Don't always agree with you, but I love your passion. It means a lot to me. If I smoke, and if I smoke cigars, I'd be at your Elmhurst store every day. Bill, you don't have to smoke cigars. But, I make a hell of a cup of coffee. You're more than welcome. But come on. <laughs> go ahead. Anyway, isn't it funny how the liberals keep talking about we don't want to restrict women's uh, access to reproductive health? Sickening. There's no reproductive health going on there. It's, obviously, their main focus is abortion. Our local parish, our local Catholic parish, actually has a set-aside for um, fetuses or babies that, that were miscarried. In that. And you don't even have to be a member of our parish or a Catholic, and they have set-asides in our local cemetery for that. And other Catholic uh, parishes are doing the same. So the, key, the reason I'm so against propaganda, Bill, is that the key to this movement of the socialists in America is to become wordsmiths. They hide behind these words, and they're very strategic, that you can use health care when you're really talking about murdering the baby. Okay, Even abortion, for that matter. I've said this before. When I was a kid, abortion was what? What do you mean? Abortion It was like when space launches. Abort! Abort! Now all of a sudden you're killing my kid, and you're hiding behind the word abortion? What the hell is going on? And the fact that they get to, yeah. a, Go ahead. It was a symbol of a coat hanger, remember? It was ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's, just, it's something. You want to know something, Bill? What about the mental harm? And I mean this. What can you imagine what it does to the woman? Half of these women are half of these women are young kids, right? They're for for who knows why they're pushed into it. Maybe it's their idea. Maybe it's their mother's. Those young kids become women, and they live. Can you imagine waking up every day and know that you willingly took your child's life? That can't have a happy life, Bill. I'm sorry. I just really think it can't. How about that? Is that for the woman's? Is that for woman's health? Woman's health. What do you say we prevent them from harming their baby so that 30 years from now they can't live with the idea that they did? I think that would be healthy for women. I'm silly that way. All right, George, thanks for calling the show. How are you? Hey, Sean. Hey, man, we're wasting the opportunity with that house in Crete. The government needs to buy it, you know, the National Park Service, buy that house, the one next door, or the one next door is down, make it a parking lot. Now that place is a museum. And every first thing you do is you bring the Supreme Court pro-abortion crowd in there, all of which are getting pretty close to the pearly gates, and bring them in there. Hey, this is this is legal because of what you did. Okay, yeah. what's it going to cost? A couple of houses. Where it's going to get expensive is you're going to have to buy a bunch of mattresses and lay them all outside their houses. Because at about 3 o'clock in the morning, when they wake up, they're going to fling themselves out the windows. Yeah, it's terrible, George. You know? It's terrible. And I'll tell you something, George. I, it, never, it never made sense to me of the, of the complacency among men to not speak up against this. That they feel, oh, it's a, it, it, it's a woman's choice. Don't ever say anything. She's pregnant. You know, I, I, those are our kids. You can't have them without us. I got news for you. All this transgender stuff, it's, it, it's all fun and games. The reality is you can't make them without me. 
I'm the one. That's right. That's my baby. And I got a daughter. Hey, I haven't gotten all. Listen, we all know who doesn't get along. You have moments where you don't get along with your kid. At no point have I said, boy, it'd be awesome if I didn't have you. Yeah, I might have thought I might I might have thought I might choke her every once in a while, but I never thought that. <laughs> Listen, George, thanks so much for calling Rock the on, show. Yeah. I appreciate it very much. I hit a wrong button, but we'll get out of it. Um, it's true they hide behind this words, and you know something? I read somewhere not long ago that when women who go in for an abortion, if they're shown an ultrasound, in fact, there's a, I think it's Georgia that did it, when they're shown an ultrasound, out of the women that see it, it's more than sixty percent changes their mind. Because they can hide behind this phony baloney argument. This phony, where they just spew these words at you with this phony virtue. Kind of like their global warming scam. It's the way in which they do, they, they propagandize the citizen to control in each and every case. We got time for uh, Mark? I'd like to get him on. All right, Mark, thanks for calling the show. How are you, buddy? Hey, good to hear you talking about abortion. I spent the day out there in Joliet at the press conference in oh. County Sheriff, and they're discussing what to do. It was 22. 2,246 aborted babies found at this guy's house. And the, your previous caller is talking about in Creek. Yeah. And uh, they're investigating it. The sheriff basically is handing it over to Indiana. They really want nothing to do with it. They want it to go away. But this is a big story. We're talking about an Illinois Review, and it's a big deal. 2,200. They're all from 2002 to 2003. Babies wrapped in, in plastic bags at this guy's house out there in Crete, Illinois. I mean, this is an incredible story. Why aren't people talking about this more? Because, especially now, Mark, especially now when this is this is the upfront, where you have an entire party, there is not a Democrat running that isn't pro-baby slayer. Not one. And each and every one of these candidates, not only are they promising that, yes, of course it will continue, but there, some of them are promising that it continue for free, like Bruce Rauner. The Republican. So, Mark, the reason they're not talking about it is because it's election time, baby, and they got to buy as many people as they can. The chameleon of, of, of fundamentals and the chameleon of belief, we call them politicians. So this is what they have to do. They cannot afford to take the position you and I have taken. Mark, thanks for calling, and thanks for the update. I appreciate it very much. This is why I have contempt for them. This is why the last thing I want is to turn over more power and more control, especially over our monetary system or our economic system or our trading issues or anything that has to do with the macro picture. Could you imagine if we had a separation of the economy and state the way we do church and state? We'd all be much better off. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Candace, thanks for calling the show. How are you? Hey, good to talk to you, Sean. Um, good job, by the way. It really bothers me also that nobody ever talks about the fact that if you if you take away your population, um, then there's not going to be any like right now in Wisconsin. There's no labor. There's no workers up here. And then they start to replace you with a culture that has nothing to do with your culture. You know, that you have nothing in common, like what's going on in Minnesota. Why don't people ever talk about that as well? Well, first of all, you're you're in Wisconsin. You got a lot of 400 pound farmers waddling around. So that's your own choice. You're the one that moved there. But the other thing is this population (laughs) nonsense. This is used by all parties. You know, it's used by the Republicans, too. You realize that America, I love this statistic. I always I always listen to these children talk. And they talk about us like we're bursting at the seams. We don't have enough water. We don't have enough food. We don't have enough this. We don't have enough that. We are 6% developed. 
percent. You could take the world's population and look this up. Google me, as my wife always says, whenever I say something, she says, Google them, Google me. You could take the world's population, put them in Texas Texas. and have the density of Manhattan, the world. So this idea that we are, this is because of the people who want to control the, 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 they're worried about climate change and want to kill people so that they don't harm the earth. These are the same people who say they want to take away your rights to heat your house under the current system or fuel your car. This is more of their way. They have been promoting this. The communist has been promoting population control since the dawn of communism. That's why, as a Republican, when they start talking like that, I separate myself. Yeah, you're obviously too stupid. Yeah, I get really angry. Yeah, it's upsetting. That's why I'm never going to do good in uh, business, because I tell people, get the hell out of here. Thanks, Candace, for calling the show. <laughs> you know I appreciate it very much. We got time for Mary Ellen. Mary Ellen, I love the name. How are you? Oh, yes, Sean. I love your passion on this issue, and I'm just as passionate on it as you are. Thank you. Two things about the churches. I think that they have been too silent. Of, over this abortion issue, and um, but they're awful vociferous like on, on they're awful they're awful vociferous on global warming. As I listen to this new poll, and immigration too, yes. But yeah. okay, two things about the church: when uh, Obamacare was, you know, in debate, the churches were silent. They should have all marched to Washington because in that uh, bill, they provided Planned Parenthood to be in all these schools. Yeah. And then the other thing regarding uh, Ronner down in Springfield, mm-hmm. where was the church before he passed that law? They should have camped yeah. out there until they got what they wanted. Mary Ellen, thanks for calling the show. i got to go to break. I didn't mean to cut you off. They were in the rectory. I didn't think I'd get to say that word today, rectory. We'll be back after this, 312-642-5600. Reactions and opinions. AM560, the answer. So I got him, the show's over. To the other side of the cantina. I asked the guy why he's so fly. He said, Funky Comadina. Spuds McKenzie. Sure. I know the lyrics. I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you, the girl say it was going to be 66 and then say warm. What the hell is wrong with people? It ain't warm. 80s warm. 66 is cold. Yeah, I know. I got Florida stances. All right, listen, I'm excited about this next guest, and I'll tell you why. There's a few minority of people who really stick to principles. There really is. In all these chaotic times, you're, you're, you're probably .003. Well, my next guest works for an organization, her and her organization, Carrie Wade, Director of Harm Reduction Policy, R Street Institute. And if you don't know about the R Street Institute, make yourself aware of it. It is a think tank for free men. I love their, their stance. Nonpartisan. Nonprofit, I can't quite wrap my head around that. Someone's profiting. We'll get to the bottom of that, too, though. Thank you, Carrie, for joining me. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. So this is a topic that really I, I, I have a couple of, I have some, some history with, and I'll tell you what I mean. I own a cigar store now. I've been a cigar smoker since I was 11. You know, my grandfather <coughs> gave me, made me work and then paid me with a cigar. They put him in prison today. But back then, it was considered, okay, I'm an old man. Um, and I can't help but notice how government not only profits from smokers, but protects certain industries within the smoking world. And I got to tell you, when I look at e-cigarettes, they came out in 2002. You didn't hear a word about them. All of a sudden, um, I think it was uh, Reynolds acquired 35% of Juul with a $12.8 billion investment. And ever since that happened, I see a lot of information coming out 
to really harm the e-cigarette business, which for 10 years, more than 10 years, has been helping smokers get off cigarettes and go to e-cigarettes. And as you see the amount of kids that are, are harmed and dying from this, they're not telling you that a lot of these kids, if not all, are smoking black market inserts for the cigarettes. Am I wrong? What, tell me what you, uh, you've discovered. Well, it really is hard to wrap your head around that, isn't it? Um, so I'll clarify one, two things. One is it's Alteria that bought 35% stake in Jewel, um, not Reynolds, but oh. that's a minor point. But right. your, your point still stands. Um, the other issue is these illnesses that are happening, we don't know nothing. We know a lot. And we, there was an update from the FDA today. They have not identified the specific chemical but we do know that they haven't been linked to legal products that are currently on the market. And most, if not all, evidence actually points to um, these, the culprits being THC-containing vapor products, which are not federally regulated. So do, do these companies make the THC products, or are these bought at, at these dispensaries where they're manufactured by an unregulated third party? Um, well, that's that's pretty difficult to tell because you know states. Some states do have a pretty uh, specific regulatory process for being able to sell a cannabis product, and that would include you know cannabis vapor products um, or THC containing vapor products. It seems that what's going on with this, these deaths is that it's black market, unregulated products. So it like totally illegal on state and in federal uh, jurisdictions. So that's really what we're seeing. The e-cigarette issue, um, you know, the jewels that we see or the blue e-cigarettes or, um, you know, whatever else is on the market, we're, those are not the culprits of these deaths. In fact, we really consider that a public health tool to get people to switch from combustible cigarettes to much safer products. That, that's how I always interpret it, and I am shocked at how fast government has moved throughout the country. How many states have banned the flavored so far? Are we up to four or five? No, um, as far as I know, I woke up yesterday, the, the country of India banned all e-cigarettes, which is very disappointing. Um, <sighs> yesterday, Michigan, the state of Michigan, banned flavored e-cigarettes, and so did New York. Other cities have banned flavored products, but the two, only two states to do that are uh, Michigan and New York so far. Um, you know, we were very concerned about this. We think... Um, well, with Michigan, we were really concerned about the harsh penalties that are atta- were attached to the draft bill, but the final text doesn't have these harsh penalties attached to it. So we think that's a minor win. But the bigger issue is what are you going to do in six months? We need to find a process where flavors are available to people who kind of rely on them to dissociate from tobacco flavors and to move away from combustible cigarettes. So enlighten me to a little bit, because I, I, I'm kind of aware, but I'm not pinpoint aware of the the way in which they're treating, what is it, if you're caught with more than four flavored products, it's a felony? Could you enlighten me on this? That was the draft, um, which was finally removed, which was removed in the final product, which is good. But the original draft was if four or more um, units, which could be a, a pod, like a jewel pod, um, carried a misdemeanor of six months and a $200 fine, and that's per unit, and they didn't really define what unit means. But um, Well, the funny thing is I used to buy this. I have an 18-year-old daughter who, who up until very recently um, vaped, and she would buy the mint, and I would go and buy them for her. And you know how many were in a pack? Four. Four. <laughs> four. Yeah. 
So one pack that I buy my daughter, I get pulled over. I got a pack of yeah. mint jewel. All of a sudden, I'm a felon. Am I understanding this? Um, you know, I think you're understanding it perfectly. Um, like I say, we're very glad that this is removed. That was a big problem. We don't want to make criminals out of people who are trying to save their lives. And it's it's a complete oversight, or perhaps it was nefarious, which I hope it isn't. But um, See, that's the part know. I want to talk about, because I got a little conspiracy in me, and I'm going to tell you what I think. If the stock of all of these companies plummets to acquire the company in total, after you've already bought 35%, it would be a lot cheaper, wouldn't it? Um, I mean, yes, I suppose that would be true. I don't think that it's a, I don't think that these are what, um, you know, the bigger tobacco companies and bigger industries are doing. I, you're young, really are, you're young, you're still optimistic, but I really do feel that they are, uh, you know, working in the best interest of public health with regard to the future of smoking. Um, what concerns me is that every time one of these flavor bans happens, uh, well, it's not, it doesn't concern me. It's just reality. Every time one of these flavor bans happens, stock prices of big tobacco goes up. Every, when mm. India banned e-cigarettes, their stock prices of their government-controlled uh, industry went up. Mm-hmm. This is showing us that nobody is concerned about the future of combustible cigarettes. Carrie, so, i got to tell you two things. Number one, I love your site. I love the mission statement of our Street Institute. Are you making headway? Because I notice you're in Washington. Are you are, are you yeah. making headway with these uh, scoundrels in in off the rack suits? <laughs> um, we're, we try. This is what we do every day. We work very hard at it. Um, and thank you for the thank you for the plug. Uh, no, you know, I love I, our street too. <laughs> I got news for you. I'm a big fan. I'm going to be promoting it even more. And before I leave you, I'm old. All right, so I don't have that youthful optimism you have. I'm going to leave you with one little phrase. I want you to look it up. Blue horseshoe loves Endicott steel. All right. You just remember that. It's a key tagline. It's always about the money. It's always about the trading, about the force, about the acquisition. I spotted this right away. To me, to me, we could speculate. It's only Chicago Land Drive Time Radio. No big deal. <laughs> we can speculate, and I'm going to tell you something. You watch after the acquisition, the full acquisition of Jewel, how all of a sudden this goes away. Listen, it's been a pleasure. I want to thank you for joining me, and uh, we'll have you back again, okay? Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. You're always just minutes away from the latest up-to-date traffic info. It can only be AM560, The Answer. I'm not making light of kids dying. It's outrageous. I am making fun of the reaction. 40,000 people died last month of obesity-related death. 40,000. Is anybody banning pork rinds or welfare? What is the the, uh, obesity rate among American welfare recipients? Let's do that little stat. I'd be curious to find that out. 40,000 people died because they just couldn't stop shoveling it in. Yet, a couple of kids experiment with THC, mixing it with oils that shouldn't be mixed with, bathtub gin of the modern era, die because of stupidity and choices, and you're banning things, and there's the full weight and force of the government right behind them. I'm all in. Are you starting to recognize the fact that we are obviously living in the village where Frankenstein was made and the citizens are just waiting to light the torches? They don't care what it is. Let's just burn it. Yet nobody's doing that 
to stoke freedom. Nobody is doing that to strengthen the information. So I pulled up a little something on the pie chart. Pie chart for federal spending. Social Security, 24% of the budget. Medicare, Medicaid, CHIP, and marketplace subsidies, 25% of the spending budget. Safety net programs, 10%. Then interest on the debt that that money takes up, the interest on the debt, 6%, all spending. Beware when the government's got an idea. Beware when they're telling you it's going to be great. It's just going to be virtuous. It's going to be fantastic. The reality is they're quick to judge, often in the misdirection. That's why I wanted to get into the fact of the, of the specificity of bad policies, whether they're domestic, whether they're about a safety net, or whether they're about a, the economy. And that's what I try to do at the Slap and Tickle Drive Time Chicago. That's why when you look at the stock market and, the, and they're telling you everything is good, but FedEx plummeted, recognize, why, why would FedEx go down 20% to date? What happened? And then re- remember, it's because of a ramification of an un- unintended consequence of a bad trade policy. They're not ordering. Then think about how many people are affiliated with FedEx, not just in employment. How many of your pension funds own the FedEx stock? How many of your retirement, your 401ks? And it's just not FedEx. It's all of the logistics companies. Dissect the information. If we can go through just some of these policies, we can know whether to stoke the belief in them and support the candidate or rage and rally against them. Because as I'm watching our country be polarized into pretend good guys and pretend bad guys without recognizing the fact we, the individual, is losing the fight for his freedom and his liberty. Of all parties, by the way, when we bail out these, these son of a guns who lie to us and they make us underwrite this overnight lending and they hide behind words of repo, they don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. They're just taking the money. They're guaranteeing your debt. When they use your money to, 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 to pay abortion doctors, they don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. When they implement and guarantee, politicians are running and guarantee increasing your taxes. They don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. You don't have a party. You got an individual. Stoke the individual. That's the point. Beware the cattle drive. Cattle stampedes easily because they're big and they're stupid and they're just looking to run off a cliff. Don't imitate them. Fight against it. Now, if you had a good time like I did on the Slap and Tickle show, although I had to tell my guy what Blue Horseshoe likes Endicott Steel is, what is everyone 10 in the studio? We'll be back tomorrow. Slap and Tickle Drive Time Chicago, 5 to 7 p.m. on a Friday. I'm looking forward to it. Talk to you then. Thank you. News, opinion, insight. It's AM 560. The answer. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.